Welcome to Western Hills Podcast. Good morning, Western Hills. Oh, we are a lively bunch this morning. As Scott mentioned earlier this morning, my name is Lane Luttrell. I was the preaching intern last summer, and I'm very excited to come back this coming summer for round two. We're going to run it back. We're going to do it again. So, all right. I'm clapping for the staff, I guess. I don't know. I I wanted to join in on your clapping, so I decided to do it. Yes, this, um, this is going to act as sort of an interlude from one summer to the next. I'm very excited to be here and preach this morning and to also preach next week. So I will be, be coming back. Um, if, I, if I really truly mess up today, I'll be able to redeem myself next week. That's why. Now, I just, I just wanted to start off by thanking Scott uh, both Sela and Meyer for this opportunity to preach this morning. Uh, it is my favorite thing to do in the entire world, and I have just loved coming back here to Temple. I, I remember being on the phone with Donna Lavelle last week and just saying, "Yeah, I'll I'll be home around this time," and it just, you know, it just flew right out of me, and I was like, "Well, I, okay, I guess this is my home now. Um, all right." So I, it is definitely like a home coming, and I, I feel like uh, I, n- I never left, and we're just picking up right where we left off. So I wanted to thank Scott, and I also want to thank y'all for giving me this opportunity, the staff, the elders, you, the congregation, for uh, this opportunity. What an honor it truly is. We're in a series called Crucify Him, and before we dive in, I would just like to say a a quick prayer, go to our um, Father in prayer before we dive in this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for our time this morning, our time that is dedicated to worshiping you, our time that is dedicated to praising you and lifting up your name. God, I pray that your words um, are spoken through me and that it, your spirit fills this room and that we get to grow a little closer to you, learn more about you and the sacrifice that you and your son made on that cross. God, we love you. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. We are approaching Golgotha the place called the skull. Jesus has been tried. He has been found guilty. He did not say a word as the prophecy said. He has had a crown of thorns placed on his head. He has had a mock robe put around him and then stripped away again. He has had a cross put on his back to carry. Jesus, his accusers, the Roman guards and officials, and two other criminals that have also been found guilty are making their way to the Mount of the Skull, to the place where the Son of God will be crucified. 
And it is early in the morning. It is maybe even around this time right now where this is taking place. And with the the place called the Skull in Sight, Jesus notices a large crowd of people, a large number of people that are made up of his followers, that are made up of those who are professional mourners. And as we we will read, uh, the women who are, are mourning and wailing over Jesus, we find people who are there to just witness the public spectacle that is a crucifixion and his mother is in the crowd. And there are probably people that are there wondering what stunt is Jesus going to pull next? If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke 23. Because instead of a huge stunt, we read Jesus' final lament for the people of Jerusalem. Jesus' final lament found in Luke 23. We're going to start in verse 27. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things to the tree that is green, what will happen when it is dry? I'd be lying if I told you that this is not a difficult text. You can see why Scott Meyer would gladly hand this one over to me. (laughs) It is a necessary text. It is an important text because this is on the road to the cross. This wasn't just thrown in there. This was thrown in there with a purpose. I'm going to tell you exactly where we are going to go this morning. I'm going to straight up tell you where we are going this morning. There is a bigger picture here. There is more than meets the eye in Luke 23 in this small passage. We only get a handful of verses, but there is so much here. There's more than meets the eye, and there is a bigger picture at hand. There's more than Jesus is talking about. And if you are like me, whenever you are working or for a student studying or finishing an assignment or you have a business deal to close, I don't know that side of the terminology for business things, but if if you have a project that you have to finish, if you're like me, you have to have everything set up the exact same way that you like it. For me, I've got to have my lamp on, I've got to have my journal open, My computer can't be too dim or too bright. I've got to have soft music playing, not slow music, but soft music playing. But the big picture is that assignment that I have to finish by midnight. Or what about sleeping? We all have our processes for sleeping. We all have the side of the bed that we like. We either brush our teeth for two minutes or 10 seconds 
We all take our contacts out. We all have these different processes, some like music or TV when they go to sleep. But the big picture is the sleep. It's going to sleep. And sometimes we need that, that outside perspective. We need someone else to come in and to remind us what the big picture is. To say that you've been so caught up in the, the little things, the details, the particulars, but here's the bigger picture and we're missing it. I work on campus at Abilene Christian University. I work for a program called Trajectory. And at this program, we help students uh, who are on academic probation get off of academic probation. They like having me be the student director because I've been there before so I can speak from experience. But the definition of this program is that it is a community for students who want to get better. That's the definition of it. And so we started a couple years ago, and now we have students that come to, the, to our meetings, and they were on academic probation. Now they're not, or they're still on academic probation. We have students who have made the dean's list. We have athletes and Bible majors and business majors. We've got everybody because our definition is simply for students who want to get better. That is the pursuit. And where we come in is that, yes, we sort of help along the way with the little things. You know, we never tell them how to study, but we say, how are you? We're focused on more that is on than what is on the surface. And that definition that we use for trajectory is that if a spaceship takes off a centimeter off of its rifle trajectory, it'll miss the moon by a mile. And so what we, what we do at ACU is we help them see the moon, whatever their bigger picture is, because we can miss it so frequently. And I think that what Jesus is, is saying here by you weep for me, weep for yourselves, is almost like saying, take a look inside, take a look at who you are, look yourself in the mirror. And it begs the questions, where's your heart? Where's your heart? Does it pine for the things that God's heart pines for? Does it break for the things that break God's heart? Where is your head? Does it think the thoughts of Jesus? Does it gain in the knowledge of the word of God? And where's your soul? Is it filled up by the Holy Spirit? Does it yearn and need more? A good, hard, inward look at who we are and where we are can go a long way. And this is a difficult text. Let me say it again. Because what Jesus is, is getting at here is that they are seeing the physical pain. But Jesus is telling them that, no, there is more to it than that. Do you realize that I am doing this for you? 
You weep for me, but weep for yourself because let's say this took place around 30 AD. A couple generations later is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. Emperor Nero and the Romans come in and they destroy the entire thing. So that that prophetic quote that Jesus took from Hosea, that came true. That happens. That happened in 70 AD when the whole entire temple was wiped away. What Jesus is getting at is if you think that it's bad now, disaster is about to hit. If you think that it is bad on the Friday, the Saturday is still coming. And what Jesus refers to them by is this daughters of Jerusalem, which, which we can read as pertaining to the women, and, and it is pertaining to the women who are mourning and wailing, but that daughters of Jerusalem saying is, a, is an old prophetic way of addressing the entire nation of Jerusalem, the entire people of Israel. If you read old prophecies, it is not uncommon to find in the scriptures, daughter Zion or daughter Jerusalem, daughter Israel. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's not only, he's not just addressing a small group of people. He's addressing everyone there. Saying to the entire nation, you weep for me, but weep for yourselves because that day is coming. And the true disaster here is that they are putting on a cross the only thing that can save them from disaster. That's why Jesus takes it one step further and he he quotes an, an old Jewish proverbial expression, so an old Jewish proverb by saying, if they're doing this to the tree that is green, what will happen when it is dry? What that means is that you have this green tree, this tree that is still giving life, this tree that is still producing fruit, that is still growing. And what happens to the dry tree? It gets chopped down and thrown into the fire. They still have the green tree, but the green tree has been judged and deemed worthy of being thrown into the fire. The innocent tree is being put on a cross. What will happen to the dry tree that is guilty? And remember where we are. We are at the place called the skull. They see the, the physical pain, the physical toll that Jesus has been taking. They see him stumbling and struggling with the cross. They see the nails that are about to go in the cross. They see the man with the hammer. They hear the, the laughs and the mocking that are going on behind them. They hear the, the coins that are rattling because they're about to bet on Jesus' clothes. They see the shoving and the pushing just to try and get a better spot in order to see it better. Because right now we are here. We're there. 
And Jesus still has you in mind. There is still saving to be done. There is still a grave to be conquered. Jesus is not done yet. There is still more work to be done. The bigger picture that is found here is that Jesus does not want us to weep for eternity. They're weeping on the Friday. Jesus does not want us to weep for eternity. Jesus wants us with him. Where there is no weeping, there is no sorrow, there is no mourning, there is only pure joy and love and peace. That's where Jesus wants us. That is why the cross had to happen. In Romans 8, it says, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. While Jesus was in the flesh, he condemned the sin of the flesh. That is why the green tree had to burn. Check this out in Isaiah 38. Starting in verse 17. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love, in your love you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. For the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you. As I am doing today, parents tell their children about your faithfulness. On the darkest hour of the darkest day, He was crucified so that we can walk and live through ours. In order that we may one day be with him. This is a heavy story. This is a, a, a heavy story. But what this story does for me, it makes me all the more ready for Easter. It makes me so ready and excited for that Sunday because in a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate the empty grave. We're going to celebrate that God is still working. We're going to celebrate that Jesus is alive. And we can get through the Saturday because we know what happens on the Sunday. And it is because God is still working that we know that this is not the end of the story. And it is because of what Jesus did on the cross that this is not the end of your story. Wherever you are right now, spiritually, mentally, 
physically, wherever you are. If you're in front row, back row, if you're a first timer, or if you're a doubter, or if you have come to church your entire life, if you're watching this on Facebook, or if you find this video a couple days later because you read Luke 23 and it made no sense to you at all, so you looked it up. Wherever you are, this is not the end of your story. God still has a bigger picture for you. There is still more work to be done. And I love this quote from Bob Goff. He was just, he's a famous author and overall awesome guy. Read Love Does, it's insane. But he had a tweet a couple a couple months ago, and it was one of the few times where Twitter was actually good and social media actually worked for the good. And this is what his tweet said, don't worry about all the steps, begin. Don't worry about all the steps, begin. Just get the ball rolling. Just get started. If you're new to this whole Christianity thing, don't worry about all the steps, just Get started, get the ball rolling. And here's, here's what I would like to say for all of us in this room, new or have been to church our entire lives, pick up your Bibles. Read your Bibles more. Sit with an open Bible. Let it just fill the air. And don't worry about, well, do I start in Genesis because that's the first book or do I start in the New Testament? Well, Mark is a shorter book, so maybe I should start there. Don't worry about all the steps. Just begin. Just get going. If, if, your, if your marriage is struggling, don't worry about all the steps. Just begin and get it back on track. If you're having a hard time paying bills and you just need to sit down and figure some stuff out, don't worry about all the steps, just begin. If you're having troubles at home or at school or at your, your work and you need something to help you through it, pick up your Bibles and don't worry about the steps, just begin, get going. We can get so bogged down by the little things, the ABCs and the one, two, threes and trying to figure out every single step for every single thing. But God just wants us to start, just wants us to begin. And we need to start praying like we mean it. We need to start thanking God. And our prayers need to be like the one in Isaiah where we say, in my mourning and in my sorrow, your love kept me from the pit. In my anger and in my frustration, your love kept me from the pit. In my sinful ways and in my wrongdoing, your love kept me from the pit of destruction. In my Leaving and wandering and coming back to you, God, your love kept me from the pit of destruction. My sins are behind your back. Don't worry about all the steps. Begin. I want to just close out by um, giving a little taste of my home church to, to y'all's home church. I preach
at a small church near Abilene, Texas, called Cottonwood Church of Christ. Uh, I, I love it there every Sunday. And we end every service pretty much the same way. And some of you might know the, the blessing that I am about to uh, do for you. But this is how we, we end service at uh, Cottonwood. And so I just wanted to bring this here to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Don't worry about all the steps. Begin. Thank you for listening to this Western Hills podcast. Please visit our website, westernhillsonline.org, to find out more about us.